Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Business School Question. I'm your host, Marco Dinovelis, and this is a podcast for anyone considering applying to business school. Every episode, we interview a leading expert from the business school world and ask them one key admissions question to help you on your journey to business school. On today's episode, we're asking the question, Europe or the United States? Where should you study for your MBA? To answer it, we're joined by seasoned admissions expert Barbara Coward. Barbara's worked in admissions departments across the US and UK at John Hopkins University, La Loya University, Maryland, and the University of Bath. Barbara once spotted Bill Gates walking down Fifth Avenue in New York. She turned around and followed him into a computer store to compliment him on the number of times his name was mentioned in MBA application essays. Today, when Barbara's not stalking Bill Gates, her words, not mine, she works as an admissions consultant, helping applicants get accepted into top European and American business schools like INSEAD, London Business School, Columbia and Stanford. Barbara, firstly, before we discuss anything else, what was Bill's reaction when you cornered him on Fifth Avenue? Well, I have to say he looked a little shocked and he just kind of nodded and, you know, it just kind of looked like he wanted to get out of the situation. But I was very pleased. I wanted to let him know how popular he was. And um, I he, he definitely um, it was he was a little surprised. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure um, that he remembers that moment as, as much as you do, too. Um, so, so, Barbara, the Master of Business Administration or MBA is probably the foremost business management degree. It can cost over $100,000 in tuition, but it pays off with promotions and bigger salaries after graduation. The US has traditionally been the home of the MBA. It's where it was born at Harvard in 1908. And the MBA is hugely valued by employers in the US. So my first question to you is, why would anyone consider studying anywhere else? Great question. And something that I know prospective applicants uh, wrestle with as they're looking to decide where in the world uh, they want to apply. Uh, So, you know, I guess the first thing I would say is that business is truly global. It's not a cliche. Uh, It very much is that case. And the U.S. doesn't own the world economy. Um, You know, things have changed. And you think back to the day where, you know, if you were buying a computer, IBM was the center of computing. Today, that's not the case. You know, look at if you wanted to, uh, you know, rent a movie, Blockbuster was there. And today, again, you go to, to Netflix. So things change and things evolve. Now, I remember going back in time when I was enrolled in my MBA program, full-time MBA program in the UK, there weren't even any European rankings. I remember writing a letter to the editor in the library, I remember this, um, a business week, saying, please do a ranking of, of European schools because there's some great options over here and we get ignored. And lo and behold, you know, fast forward that to today. And how many different rankings do you see? The Economist, the Financial Times, et cetera, that rank uh, European business schools. So it's a very, very different um, environment than it was back then. Uh, When was that exactly? That was 1996. Okay, so so not too long ago in the the grand scheme of things. And um, considering Europe rather than the US, um, some business schools have shown declining applications in in the US. So so European business schools are are on the up and they're, they're a viable option. 
Very much so. Um, there are a lot of great choices out there. You know, it's kind of interesting going, reflecting back on my own experience. I remember a lot of my friends were doing MBAs, two-year MBA programs at Duke Fuqua. One went to Tuck. Um, another one, he looked at going to Chicago Booth. And I remember feeling a bit almost embarrassed that I was doing a one-year MBA program, that that wasn't legitimate because two-year was the norm. Um, and now look at back, you know, what's happened as a result. It's completely flipped. Now, a lot of U.S. business schools are have long launched or launching one-year MBA program. So, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, in the beginning, Europe responds to the U.S. having created the program, but then the U.S. responds to Europe uh, in terms of changing the format of the program. If we think about what are those differences, why would someone pick Europe or the U.S.? What, what the differences are between the MBA programs? The key one you mentioned there is the format in the U.S. Traditionally, MBA programs are two-year in Europe traditionally one year. What are the other big differences between doing an MBA in Europe or the US? Yeah, I think the other one, uh, in addition to format, and when I say format, that doesn't mean that, you know, one market uh, owns, you know, the the industry in terms of format. I mean, if you're interested in a, you know, um, like I said, in the US, a one-year program, you can find that if you're looking, you know, LBS has a couple different um, pathways to get the MBA and, you know, you can get a, a two-year, you can do one year, etc. It's all about doing your research and seeing what's what's out there. But one of the other um, notable differences, I would say, is in terms of nationality. I don't see really any, and I study this industry quite closely, I don't really see any business school today that's not, I want to use this in a positive way, um, promoting their the international diversity in the classroom. You know, I, I always see, especially this time of year when classes are, you know, starting up again, new co- cohort has entered, of saying, guess what? We have, you know, X number of nationalities in this new class. So that's something that all schools are doing. But I would say in Europe, it's even more so. You're going to get a little bit more of that diversity of nationality. So for example, again, going back in time, my own experience, I had somebody from Mongolia in my class. You know, I don't didn't even never even met somebody from Mongolia before. Um, and so you get much more of a diversity of, of different. Um, you have a lot of people from India, from China, from South America, Brazil, etc. But you get some of those other countries that you might not think of every day in terms of business. And that's what makes it truly fascinating to see how business is conducted um, in these other countries. And I remember saying it's also, it's not so much also about the differences. You might be pleasantly surprised to see how similar they are and that the same leadership issues, organizational issues, motivating people is across the board. No matter what country you're in, you're all facing the same challenges. And that can be reassuring too. So the diversity at European business schools stands out more than the US. So would you say US MBA classrooms are are less diverse than than European ones in in terms of uh, international students? Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll have a certain percentage um, of international students that's not a trivial percentage. It's a significant percentage, 25%, etc. cetera, here in the U.S. But again, the diversity of countries, I think you get a much broader one, diversity if you're studying in Europe. And there's one other thing, too, that, you know, these are things that I hear about, I read about, I talk to prospective students about all the time. But one other aspect that really doesn't come up is the culture of business schools. And the U.S. is known certainly as a country that's, um, you know, the stereotype of the the American tourist abroad that's a little brash, that's, you know, kind of, you know, very assertive. Um, There are differences in classrooms, too. And I noticed 
again, because I started my MBA actually part-time in the U.S., and then I relocated to Europe and finished it full-time, which is very unusual, but that was my situation. And in the U.S., for example, um, there is a value and a premium placed on participation, class participation. So, for example, if you don't participate in class, you'll get marked down for that. And in Europe, what I found is there's not as much of a heavy emphasis on that. So I almost like to say, and this is just a fast rule of thumb, and you got to take it with a grain of salt, but nonetheless, if you're more of an introvert, then the European classroom might be a better fit for you than the US one where people are just trying to say as much as they can, as loud as they can, et cetera. Um, and if you're somebody who's a little bit shy, you might find it more empowering to be in a European classroom. Okay, very interesting. So that sort of business school uh, culture in the US is, is extremely strong and can be a little bit intimidating for, for some students. I guess one of the most important things when you're deciding on a school is having in mind what you want to do after the uh, MBA is over, what job you want to do. Does it make sense for anyone to, to go to a US school if they don't want to work in the US afterwards? Or indeed, it's becoming more difficult now for some international students to get jobs in the US afterwards. Does it still make sense to to study a US MBA? Well, here's the thing, and here's the catch. As much as you would like to forecast the future, it's really hard to do so. Um, So we're looking at this point in time, and you make the decision with the best information that you have at the current time, but what would the future bring? And you don't know what's going to happen to you in terms of, you know, you might be somebody who values stability and want to be working, I mean, it's less of it these days, but working at the same organization for the next 20 years. That's probably not going to happen. Um, companies get acquired. Um, I was just, for example, looking, this is back at the beginning of the year, um, a French pharmaceutical company, um, Sanofi, was acquired a biotech company in Boston for a significant amount of money. Um, so there are going to always be changes, and you're never going to know if um, your boss or your organization wants you to move abroad for a bit. Um, so the more experiences you have to bring on your resume that you have experience in other countries, whether that's being in the U.S. and going to Europe or Europe going to the U.S. or other countries coming over here, I think the stronger position you're going to be in. Is there Are there differences in applying to either a U.S. business school or a European school in terms of the application process, what the schools look at in your character and, and work history? Are there subtle differences in how you go about your application? Yeah, very much so. And I'm going to bring in that culture cultural aspect as well. Uh, the U.S. culture very much values extracurricular activities. And so they're going to want to see a very robust application with not just uh, book smart and, you know, your academic credentials, but they want to be seeing, they want to see what you've done in, you know, for example, in sports clubs and um, volunteer work. That's not to say that other schools outside of the U.S. in Europe um, don't want to see that as well. But I think it's more so the case here in the U.S. And so, again, if you're somebody who, you know, doesn't have a lot on your resume in terms of things outside the academic environment, if you're somebody who is just, again, very, very focused on, you know, studying and working without doing you know, 10 other things outside your time, then you might have a little bit of an easier time getting into a European school than you would in a U.S. school. 
You speak to applicants every day. What, what have you heard about the sort of current state of opinion from maybe US applicants, European applicants, and applicants from elsewhere? Where, where are people looking to study in terms of Europe versus the US? And what do people think about business schools in, in the different countries? What sort of questions do you get asked? I think it goes back, the first consideration is the duration of the program. So I will ask people, for example, if you're only looking at schools in Europe, why? Um, And they'll typically say because of most schools, not all, will have that shorter duration and that format. So that tends to be a big selling point for a lot of prospective students um, in that case. But it really is individual in terms of um, applicants, you know, their own individual circumstances and what they want to do after the MBA. I'll hear some things about, for example, in the U.S., concerns about visas, but that hasn't scared everyone. You know, you, you read the headlines and you would almost think that nobody is applying to U.S. schools from outside the country. That is not the case. The people I speak to on a daily basis, I mean, if not daily, it's every other day, from outside the U.S., they want to come to the U.S. I mean, they see it as a dynamic economy. It is incredibly prestigious to have a U.S. degree on your CV. That, you know, with everything else going on, that's still very compelling. Absolutely. And what's your advice on when it comes to choosing one over the other? When should an applicant pick Europe over the US or vice versa? What sort of applicant might be better suited to one or the other? Again, think about, first of all, your career goals. You know, if you're somebody where you want to work in Paris after your MBA and you want to work in this particular industry or, you know, luxury goods, for example, in, in, in Paris, then that's where you want to be. Or if you say, you know, I really want to be in the U.S. afterwards and, you know, I really want to be in New York, look at where your destination is is, is going to be and make that um, consideration in, in the decision-making process. But also look at yourself personally. Are you somebody who every summer during university, you went off backpacking in Europe? Um, if you love it there quite a bit, then you might want to look at schools over there. Um, you know, I was somebody, for example, I was a French major undergraduate, so I had lived a, par- a semester in Paris, and I loved that environment. So for me, finishing or completing my MBA full-time in the UK was like going back to, you know, a, a familiar scenario that I really liked of meeting people from different cultures and, and being on the other side of the Atlantic. If you're not somebody like that, you know, then you might want to stay in, in your own country. But a lot of it is, you know, I think we spend so much time thinking about the metrics, you know, what GMAT score do I have to get in and what does the school want to see in my application? I think we discount our personal preferences and I think that can carry a lot of weight. Where are you going to feel most comfortable and where are you going to thrive? I mean, I had somebody, um, again, going back to my own experience some time ago, um, she was German and in the full-time program and she was there for a week um, and then she, she left for whatever reasons it wasn't the fit for her. You don't want to be in that position. You want to know that you're going to be in the right school before you arrive on the first day. It's just, it's a lot of heartache and it's a lot of, you know, you have to change all your plans and everything else. So the more research you can do a, a, ahead of time. And if you are able, you know, go and travel and go to visit the schools and, and do a country tour or, you know, go to, you know, I'm going to go to LBS, I'm going to go to NCAD in, in Europe, or I'm going to come to the US, I'm going to all the schools in New York City and Boston, that will really give you that aha moment. What was your own experience, Barbara? So you, you did your MBA at Bath and you were in the US beforehand, is that right? 
Yep. I was at Boston College. I was in their part-time MBA program. Um, and in, in that case, it was a little different scenario back then. There was 100% tuition reimbursement. And my uh, boss, who had an MBA from Babson and did Harvard's executive program, said, what do you do in the evenings? And I said, I watch TV. And he looked at me, he said, you need to do an MBA. And I said, okay. And he said, the company, the company will pay for it. Um, so that's how I, I started. <clears throat> and once I did, um, it's hard to get over that hump. But once you get in, um, whether it's part-time or full-time, I've never been anybody who has said it was the wrong decision. I mean, it really is an energizing experience. The key is to find the right program for you because they're all very different in their culture. You're in a part-time program in the US and and full-time in the UK. When we think about full-time programs in the US, um, traditionally the students are are younger than in Europe. Is, Is that fair? That definitely is the case, um, but not always. Um, so typically, um, and it was interesting in, in the UK, for example, they value work experience. I mean, you had to have three years of work experience to even be considered where it was two years here. I've seen people with even less of that get into some business schools over here in the US. But again, it goes back to um, the culture of the country. So one of the elective classes I took, which fascinating, we wrote, we read a book called the seven cultures of capitalism. And they talked about the different attitudes towards space and time and whole different um, host of factors in different countries. And the U S compared to some other countries, I mean, I would say Asia, you know, values youth. I mean, we can see that in terms of all the advertising and, you know, who's on, when the new newscasters are on here, you know, compared to other countries. So the U.S. is very much a youth-obsessed uh, culture, and I think that trickles down to business schools, um, you know, kind of forces beyond what the business schools are, you know, have their own requirements. Um, I think that plays a role. Um, if you think I'm too old, I can't get into a U.S. program, that's not necessarily the case. There's a lot of myths in the industry, and I always say the best thing to do is pick up the phone and or send an email to schools and ask them a question. And they're very well, you know, I think we see schools very much as a gatekeeper, and it can be intimidating to, you know, just reach out to them. Um, definitely do that. They love counseling. They love advising prospective students. I think that's where my Bill Gates metaphor comes in. I mean, it's almost like you see Bill Gates on the street and you're like, I can't possibly follow him. He's Bill Gates. And I think people feel that way about schools. I can't possibly contact Harvard Business School's admissions office because it's Harvard, you know. But the people who are there are in the roles of helping others. They're very much, um, you know, they want to help you find the right fit with you. So they're not there to make sure you don't get into the program. They want to help you understand the program a little bit better doesn't hurt to ask certainly and and you mentioned before that um you know if you're gonna work in paris your whole life it makes sense to do an mba in paris what if you're not sure what you want to do after the mba you know it's it's not ideal but it it does happen that people want a great experience they know an mba is going to help them but maybe they don't have such clear ideas at the outset where would you be able to find the most opportunities have that time for exploration would that two-year format help you in in that instance yeah i i do think that's the case in that instance because you have the internship and that's going to be the key if you're not sure what you want to do having that internship to work with a company an organization get a feel for it test it out do you want to work there do you not want to work there a lot of students get um full-time permanent job offers after their internships, but doesn't necessarily mean you have to take them. Um, But I think having that internship versus a one-year program is going to be very key. I would also advise people to not feel that they're unusual or they're different. Um, So many people don't know what they want to do afterwards. And 
business school really is a time to explore, to meet other people from different industries, to see what you want to do. You know, it's a really wonderful time in your life where you have that luxury that you might not be able to have later on. Do you think the internship, um, the fact you get that time in the US, do you think US schools are more helpful in a way in setting you up directly into a job, particularly if you're from the US, uh, whereas European schools, that internship isn't necessarily such a hallmark of the programs? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some great internships um, that you, certainly you can get in Europe. I will go back to the culture, too. And the U.S. is a much more aggressive culture. And so the careers offices will be staffed with people who are going to be very much putting themselves out there, meeting with employers proactively, ringing up, uh, you know, alums who are working at, you know, top companies, developing those relationships. I'm not saying that that's not done in Europe, but it's done at a, a much bigger capacity here in the U.S. I mean, it, I, one way to summarize this is I know in Europe, one of the career directors, and this is some time ago, had said, you know, her philosophy for getting a job was to network amongst yourselves in the classroom. Um, you know, you all come from different industries. So if you come working for from, I don't know, um, Deloitte and, and somebody else comes working for Bank of America or whatever – there's a whole network right there. Now, that's certainly true, but that would not fly in the U.S. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine a dean basically saying that would be okay for a careers office <laughs> to say that. They, they want them on the road. They want them meeting with, with companies. They want them hosting events. Um, so you're going to have just a little bit more in terms of connections uh, because of that. But the other thing <clears throat> I also advise for internships, and hopefully I'm not going off topic, but um, – a lot of the internships come through connections with the business school. And so I advise looking at the advisory board of the business school that you're looking at and seeing what companies are there. And those companies typically will have a great path to internships. And these connections that U.S. schools have, do, do they go internationally as well outside the U.S.? Yeah, yep. Um, so, for example, um, there I know – uh, University of South Carolina, for example, has an international MBA. Um, there's uh, executive for uh, UPS who's on executive committee, and they've had internships placed in Miami for Latin America, Ireland. Um, so definitely they go um, outside of the U.S. as well. But I will say if you want and you definitely want to be in Europe, for example, then go where the action is. I mean, then you want to, you know, go there because again, it's going to be those connections as well that will help you tap into that area. So even if, if you get an offer from Harvard and HSA Paris and you want to work in France, um, go to HSA. Yeah. Now that's going to be tough because, you know, Harvard, as we know, has an incredible um, yield for people. I think it's what 94% of the students who get an offer end up going there. So then you really have to think about what's most important to you. Um, you know, is having a particular brand and being part of that super important? If so, then go in that one direction of going to the HBS. Now, Asha say is a fabulous brand, but you know, do you want to be? Do you want to make a statement when you walk into the room? When you want, when somebody clicks on your LinkedIn profile to go, oh my gosh, I didn't know this person had a you know MBA from HBS. If you want that, then you could you know certainly go go there. If you're more focused on the outcome and the fit and the company, and you don't need to have you know that kind of validation or experience behind you, um, then you know then choose the school that will have the outcome in the location that's going to be a better fit. 
Mo says out of Barbara, I'm going to put you on the spot. So when we're thinking about Europe or the United States to do your MBA, you, you've done both. Uh, which which one did you prefer? Oh my gosh! Well, this <laughs> that does put me on the spot. Um, I'm going to have to say Europe, but there's a reason for that. Um, it was a full time program, and the part time program was running in. You know, after work, this is the days before. I hate to say this, but it's the days before the internet, so there were no online programs. Um, so you, it was very much a transactional experience. You came in, you learned from the faculty members, you met some other students who, you know, obviously participated in class, and that was it. Where the full-time experience was much more of an experience, and it was much more of personal development because you're with people day in and day out, like you're in a full-time job. Um, and certainly the diversity of countries that was really interesting for me. And I'll say one other thing. I think a lot of people look to go to do their MBA abroad to learn about other countries and how they do business. One of the most fascinating outcomes is you learn how your own country is viewed in business from external, uh, externally. And so, for example, um, one takeaway that I still remember for this day is, you know, U.S. is renowned for customer service. And, you know, I would mention in class, you know, you just love it when you go into the gap, for example, and, you know, there's five salespeople who are just kind of descending on you saying, you know, how's your day? How can I help you? Whatever. And I thought that was a very positive attribute. Like that's what all companies want to strive for in that customer experience. And my classmates from other countries are like, no way. We don't want to be, we want to be left alone. They're, they're interrupting us. They're bothering us. And so having that perspective, and that's what's going to make you really successful in your career in business, is understanding the perspective of other people uh, and where they're coming from and how they view things. And it might not agree with your view. Um, and having that sensitivity is going to be so key. Thank you very much, Barbara. And uh, hopefully that's given everyone a uh, bit of an idea into Europe versus the US. The fact that in the US you have the internship aspect, there's a particular culture out there, may give you a little bit more help getting onto the uh, into the next job that you want. Uh, whereas in Europe, it's diverse experience, slightly older class, and a very valuable experience as well. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Business School Question. Do look out for our next episode where we'll be asking admissions expert Stacey Blackman how should you answer those common MBA interview questions? You can download our podcast on iTunes, on your iOS device, open the podcasts app, then tap browse at the bottom of the screen and type in the business school question. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate and review it on iTunes, share it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, tell your colleagues and friends. The Business School Question is brought to you by the team at Business Because, without a doubt my favourite online publisher dedicated to graduate management education. Whether you're considering an MBA, EMBA or Business Masters programme, read more Business School news and get practical resources to help your business school application on businessbecause.com. Hi, my name is Bill Bolding, Dean of Duke's Fuqua School of Business, and when I'm not promoting business as a force for good, I'm listening to the Business School Question.